Who do we appreciate? Emma. Sam. Echo. And you. Yeah, you. <laughs> Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose all in one space? It's beautiful. Very beautiful. Please do us a favor. Yes. Let us know where you're watching from. Yes. Comment below, press the like button, or maybe even press the love button if you're really into it. Only if you're really into it. Only then. <laughs> we encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Stop by at Mayo High School for one of our services at 9.30 or 11 a.m. on Sundays. We would love to meet you. We'd love to. We want to thank you for your obedience to God's word with the giving of your tithe. Yes. Question. What's a question? When was the last time you asked God about your giving? That's good. We not only believe in the tithe, but we also want to be a generous church. And as you are blessed in your life, God calls you to be a blessing. Would you consider giving more today or this month to help Echo be more effective in Rochester and beyond? And far beyond. Far beyond. <laughs> if you are looking to give, head to our website or text any amount to 84321. Mm -hmm. Enjoy, Enjoy Echo, Echo Online, Online Service. There's honey in the rock, Everything I need, you've got this honey in the rock. Yes, Lord. Come on, we sing, pray.
for your presence here in this place. You know, God never runs out of things to pour out. God never runs out of His presence. It's us that sometimes get tired of keeping on seeking, keeping on asking, keeping on praying. So right now, why don't we just posture ourselves? Let's lift our hands, which is just an outward expression of our desire for God, of our love for Him. If you love somebody in your life, you don't just think about how good they are. You express it physically. So this is what we're doing. The Bible says, lift holy hands to heaven. So God, we thank you for your presence. And we are hungry for more of you. Jesus, we are nothing without you. We thank you, Jesus. Mm, You are here, Lord. You are here. We're so hungry for you, Lord.
why don't we lift our hands in this place? The Bible says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. God does not say statements and not follow through with them. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. And when the presence of God draws near, things change. I believe this morning God wants to heal people of chronic illnesses. He wants to bring freedom to anxious minds. He wants to lift depression. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I want to ask every single one of us, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. And the power of when we do that collectively, when God's people come together in unison and agree, yes and amen, God, you are here. Jesus, we thank you right now that your presence is bringing healing. We speak to cancer in the name of Jesus and we say, be gone. We thank you that your name is higher than any sickness, than any back pain, than any neck pain, than any bowel condition, than any depression. No matter how long it has been around, Jesus, in a moment, you can make us clean, you can make us whole. And so we are believing for that. God, your word says, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. So Lord, let a strength rise upon your people and a faith right now. But God, more than anything that we could get from you, we don't want to just ask for all these things and forget the very one who gives them to us. Lord, we just want your embrace. Jesus, we want you to just pour out your spirit afresh on us. If you're hungry for that right now, why don't you just reach out? Oh, come and fill us, Lord. Come and fill us afresh. We need you. We need you. We need you. Oh, fill this room. Oh, fill this room. Oh, let your love surround us. Oh, let your love surround us. for one more moment. Let's never be in a hurry. Wait on God. And I believe in this moment, as we just wait in silence for the next few moments, God's going to begin to show you pictures. You can see how things are in the natural right now. And that's what the enemy wants you to look at. But God calls us to see things and speak them out as if they're already there, if they're not there yet. So let's just wait. Wait on God. Let Him speak to you. Let Him show you what He sees over your life right now. So whether you're believing for somebody to come to know Jesus, whether you're believing for healing, whether you need financial breakthrough, we're about to sing, let all the redeemed prophesy and sing. We can hear the wind coming. We can feel it. And there's power in your confession before you see it. So come on, let's sing this morning, let all the redeemed. Let all the redeemed prophesy and sing. We can hear the wind 
change in the world beginning in me. God, and I just pray for every single person in this room, God, for you to shift our focus, set us apart, God. I just pray that we can receive your love and we walk different, God. I pray for every single person that you will set them apart, that you will set their path, that you will shine a light on where they are to go, God. And I just pray for every single person in this room to be able to receive your love, your hope, your grace, your mercy, your steadfastness, God, and we just give it all to you. We give it all, not some of it, not a little bit, God, but I pray for that leap of faith, that jump start, God. I thank you for allowing us to be reminded today that fresh starts are here in this room, God, that you can have it all, and we just give you all the praise and all the glory because you are the God that calls us by name. You are the, our God who calls us by name, and you are calling us today, God, and we give it all to you. In your name, amen. You guys get to hear from one of our favorites, Don Osborne. He's a dear friend and pastor of ours, yes, and my kids are in the front row. But for those of you, those of you that do not know, my husband and I were in youth ministry for 15 years here in Rochester, and Don was in our youth group, and I put it together today that we have known him for 19 years. That's a long time, y'all. Y'all, Texan. But seriously, we love him. He is one of five, and three of the five kids were in our youth group. And when we came to Rochester in 2003, we didn't know this family, but immediately they became family to us. And it has been such a joy and honor to witness his life over the past two decades. And one thing that I just want to say that I feel is a word for someone in this room is Don was in our youth group. He was coming. We were doing life together. And then he took a little detour of a path. And maybe some of you have been on a detour. I know that I've been on lots in my life. And there was a good five, six years there where we were really praying for him. He was actually, his name was Honor Wall. We were praying for him and just praying for God to grab a hold of his life as he was living in this world, not for God. And he's even going to share a little bit about that today. But God called him by name in, I believe it was 2010, because it was like the age our oldest daughter was born. And I will never forget him coming back to Minnesota from Australia and he was a different person. And one of my favorite things about being a Christian, a Christ follower, is seeing life change. And I look around this room today and I see it in you and I see God's calling on your life. And maybe this is for someone where you're like, I need that, I need a fresh start, I need God to call me by name. But God is a God who is and will and is calling you by name today. And Don, for the past 12 years, has been in ministry over in Australia with his beautiful wife, Hannah, who led us in worship today. Yes, wasn't that great? And they are my favorite type of crazy people. They are church planters, and they are church planting out in San Francisco. So maybe someone in this room is called to go to San Francisco with them. You never know. But they have two beautiful boys and one on the way, and we just love them dearly. And so Don is like a spiritual son to us, and I will just never forget the 
gift and the blessing of witnessing your life and transformation and living whole. And so if Echo Church, if you would just stand on your feet and let's honor Pastor Don Osborne as he comes to the stage. You can call him Donnie Bird or Donald the Dancer. Preferably Donald the Dancer. Yeah, preferably. Um, Thank you, Pastor Christy. How are you doing today? Good. Good? Okay, we're going to do a little bit of an exercise because um, since being back in Rochester, Minnesota, I've been getting funny looks and I gave people the same funny looks when I got to Australia. Um, So we're just going to repeat three words after me and those words are, how you going? Okay, can can we practice this on three? Just repeat those words, one, two, three, how you going? So that's a common uh, greeting, Isaac, in Australia. Um, you see someone, they say, how you going? And so today or throughout the next couple of weeks, if I say, how you going? I'm not asking by what motor vehicle you're going to get to where you're going. I'm just simply saying, how are you? Um, and so it is a privilege and honor. An honor to, privilege and honor to be here today. Um, you didn't like how you going, Kirk? Turned it off. Um, it really is, and as um, Pastor Christie mentioned, um, Hannah and I, my wife Hannah, I've been in Australia. Um, she was born and raised there. I was born in Austin, Texas. We moved here when I was about eight, lived here until I graduated, went to university um, in Arizona, came back. Long story short, been in Australia the last 10 years, and um, Hannah's born and raised there, two boys. And so if my accent does sound a little bit um, funky, it's because when I got to Minnesota, they tried to weed out all of my um, southern drawl, um, and it just messed me up for life. Um, so this is what you get today. But it is an honor to be here today, and pastors Andy and Christy, genuinely, I want to honor you, um, not just as the lead pastors of Echo Church, but as you mentioned, uh, mentors, friends, and followers of Jesus. I've known them for 19 years, and they are two of the most consistent people, and genuinely, to the best of their ability, trying to walk, following Jesus, and as they do that, loving people, empowering people, sowing into people's life unconditionally, and so I'm a byproduct of uh, their ministry, their life today, just as you are, and I want to encourage you, Echo Church, let you, let us never forget the people that are stewarding the leadership of our life. Let's love on them, let's support them, let's bless them, let's pray for them over and over and over again, because they need it as they lead this church. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that the authority we have is in your word. Thank you, God, that already through worship we've joined together lifting up your name, God, that minds have been set free from depression and anxiety, God, that healing has come today to hearts, God, to bodies, to souls. And so, Father, we thank you that in these moments around your word, as we continue lifting up your name, God, that you'll continue to do what only you can do. God, have your way in us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I want to speak to us on embracing God's grace, embracing God's grace. And um, last week, Pastor Andy spoke into mercy and really did uh, defunct the word of mercy. And there is a line that uh, Pastor Andy spoke into that's really stuck with me this entire week. And he said, mercy is not so much, excuse me, the absence of wrath, but rather the evidence of kindness, 
And this whole week as I've been pondering that and reflecting on that, God's just really drawn me to encourage us today around what it looks like to not just embrace kindness and the kindness of God and live that out towards others, but also His grace. And I just wonder today, maybe you've had a moment where someone has said something to you that's evoked such an emotional response in you. And maybe it was those three words, I love you, that your now husband or wife said to you when you were dating and you were just hoping that they would say those words to you. And when they did, it just evoked this emotional response response in you. Or maybe someone's given you a gift and uh, that gift that you received had such value in your life that for a period of time, you went through extreme lengths to make sure that it was looked after, cared for, not broken, or maybe you've uh, had someone do some form of act of kindness or generosity to you, and it was so tangibly different than what you'd experienced, it made you yourself want to be different. Well, friends, that's what we have received in Jesus Christ through His grace. And yet how often, whether it be something someone says or something we've received or something that someone's done, we can easily forget moments of encounter that have so changed us or evoked something in us and we can just continue on in a way of living, forgetting those encounters and those moments. You know, one of the greatest dangers for us as followers of Jesus is when we lose sight of the gift of grace. See, grace is a gift. It's something we cannot earn and we do not deserve, and yet we've received through faith in Jesus Christ. And so as followers of Jesus, when we lose sight of the grace we've received, often we lose sight of the life we've been called to live. And today I'm about to speak into something initially that is so foundational, but this has to be the foundation of our walk with Jesus Christ. See, God reveals to the world that we are saved by grace. We're saved by grace. We cannot earn it. We don't deserve it. But we are saved by grace. Romans 5 says, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, we didn't have it all together. When we weren't polished and neat and we didn't even know maybe the words in the Bible, he still died for us. Goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 5, Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting the trespasses against them and entrusting to those that had received that grace, begun to live in salvation. He now entrusted that message of grace and reconciliation to us. And so then working together with him, says in chapter 6, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. So following Jesus is more about living with a faith-filled revelation than a religious obligation. You're hearing that today. My prayer is that we would catch this revelation that following Jesus is a faith-filled revelation of His grace, not a religious obligation that we just go through the checklist of Christianity. In the beginning is knowing that in the revelation of salvation, you hear that? Revelation of salvation, it is by God's grace. And what's the issue of not having this revelation, of not realizing that we're saved by grace, is we can begin to live a life trying to earn the love of God, 
trying to earn his approval and trying to earn something that we could never earn anyways. I love what a man by the name of Paul David Tripp says. He says, human self-righteousness denies the need for the saving and aiding grace of Christ. Human self-righteousness embraces the cruelest of Satan, Satan's lies that a person can be righteous or in right standing with God by keeping the law. And yet he says, if that were true, there would be no need for the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Friends, I absolutely love moments when as a church we're reminded of the gift of grace. And Flood Sundays coming up in the next month, and whether it be during communion and remembrance or through a Flood Sunday and water baptism, it's a moment where we stand before everyone and we're like, hello. I'm not here because I'm good enough. I'm not here because I made all the right decisions. No, I made one decision, and that was to receive the gift of grace into my life. And so I received the gospel of grace, meaning that Christ died on my behalf. Yes, my past, my present, and my future sin and wrongdoing. And so can I just encourage us, Echo Church, as a church family, when people make that step of obedience, can we just celebrate that? Can we just all join together on Flood Sundays from the water edge and just cheer on and celebrate those that are making the decision to say, hey, I know I don't have everything together. I might have more questions than answers, but I'm choosing to follow Jesus anyways. So it's by grace and the revelation of that, we have salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. It's a gift. But it's as equally as important past that decision of salvation that we have a revelation that God's grace is what we need each and every day. You hear me today? It is as equally as important when we receive grace, that gift for salvation, to walk in God's grace every single day past that point. See, God reveals to us that it's by his grace you and I are called to live. Titus is a book in the Bible, and I really believe this chapter 2 and verses 11 to 14 really speaks to us about the process of walking out in God's grace. And to the church there and the Christians there, we see that he says in verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared. Listen to this. It's a revelation coming, bringing salvation for all people. And then we get to verse 12, and we hear something that maybe we just don't quite like hearing. It says, training us. I don't know if you've ever started an uh, exercise regime or workout, and it's often the initial part that's the most uncomfortable. But if we can get past that, Mark, it's correct. I know you're pretty fit. Um, then we will see the benefit of being trained in an exercise regime. But often as Christians, we like to make one decision in one moment and then live the rest of our life in that one decision for that one moment, not living, being trained by the Word of God and transformed by the Spirit of God. But this is what is needed to walk out in the grace of God. It goes on to say, and the training is required in us so that we would renounce ungodly godliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works." 
when I've just been meditating on this passage in the scripture this week, I see the word of God describing for us something called process. See, walking in the grace of God and having a deeper revelation requires that we surrender to the process of what the Bible calls sanctification. It simply means being made more like Jesus Christ. And Hannah, my wife, is a really good singer. I'm not that good of a singer. But you know what's happened genuinely by simply being in relationship with her? I've, by default, begun to be a little bit more tone aware. That's right, Pastor Randy. Amen. I don't know if your ears hurt today when I was singing. That's why I just kept moving over. Um, It's amazing. Simply in a relationship with another person, genuinely by being next to her in relationship, my awareness of tone deficiency or tone audibility, I don't know what that's called. It's made up a word. But the ability to actually sing more in tune has been simply by being in a relationship with her for the last 11 years. How much more true it is by being in relationship with Jesus Christ that we would choose to daily be in relationship with him, that we become more aware of the Holy Spirit's promptings and convictions to be able to live out. That's what it looks like to be sanctified, to be more like Jesus Christ. And what it requires is for you and I to simply make a decision to lay down our own efforts and wants. And this is why it's so important because the issue we're not having a revelation of needing that each and every day is we can end up coming to a point where we try to perform in our faith. So the issue of not having a revelation that we need to walk by it, we can begin to think that we need to perform to be a better Christian. And we leave grace at the point of salvation, but don't bring it with us as we're made more like Jesus Christ. And the truth is every single one of us in following Jesus comes. If you have not already, you will come to a point. It's an encouraging point that I'm about to make, but you need to hear it. You're going to come to a point where you're going to realize you cannot follow Jesus without Jesus. But we try to do it. We cannot follow Jesus without his spirit at work within us, without realizing that we need his saving grace. We need his grace each and every day to wake up, to live, to read the word, to share our faith, to live out the purpose that he has for us. We need it. And yet sometimes we get to the point where we actually disregard it. And then we begin to maybe put on our Sunday best where we put a button up shirt or tea or begin to speak a little bit differently on a Sunday because we think if we do not just put our Sunday best on, people are going to look at us and they're going to think that we are a phony Christian. And what could happen in a church culture where people try to perform rather than walking in grace is we can begin to ostracize, critique, and attack people that don't look so neat and tidy, don't look like they have their language sorted or their dress sorted or their lifestyle sorted. And we can begin to have a Christian facade environment where we've actually begun to deny the grace of God. And whether it be attacking other Christians or even other people that don't live the way that we do, professing Christ, we can begin to ostracize the very world and people that we're called to reach. But my prayer is that we would receive God's grace and walk in it each and every day. 
Not only is there an issue in performing when we forget God's grace, but we need to be reminded that, uh, that God's grace is a gift. Otherwise, we can begin to use his grace as a license to indulge our flesh. I love what 2 Corinthians 5 says. It says, our firm decision is to work from this focused center. One man died for everyone. And so that puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life, a resurrection life. It's a far better life than people ever lived on their own. And so because of this decision, we do not evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. But we certainly do not look at him that way anymore. No, we look inside now, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. They are created new. And so we need to walk in that so that we overcome trying to perform, but we also need to walk in that so we're not trying to force other people to perform in their faith. And so what we need to do is we need to actually just get around with the people that love us, care for us. We need to not just come to church on a Sunday, but join a table community during the week and be real with people up front. Where's our doubts? Where's our concerns? This is about to set somebody free today. Did you know that having doubts about God or the Bible doesn't mean that you're a lesser than Christian? It's actually just called life. But if we're not in relationship with people, we're going to act like everything's together. And I'm here to tell you today, on the other side of people who began to live in the reality of grace, we don't need people to act like they have everything together. We just need people to point to Jesus. And if we're not living in his grace, then it's going to be hard to point to Jesus when we act like everything that we are doing is okay and we're perfect because people will begin to follow a person, not the person that we are living in, in his grace. And like I mentioned, the flip side to that is we can begin to deny the grace of God by using it as a license to indulge the flesh. Last couple of weeks, we've been looking at Jude, and in Jude, the very beginning of the letter, I'm so moved by how he writes to the church, and he's like, hey, I really wanted to speak to you about something, but I need to speak about something else, because there's people in the church that are beginning to deny Jesus Christ by twisting his grace. It says in Jude 1, verse 3 to 4, it says, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you appealing to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Verse 4, for certain people have crept in unnoticed too long ago were designated for this condemnation. They're ungodly people, listen, who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality. Another translation says into a license of immorality. And they deny our one and only Lord and Master Jesus Christ. When we use grace as a license to do whatever we want, simply we're living in a way of saying, I can do what I want, when I want, how I want, with who I want, because, Pastor Andy, I want. And it's okay, because I've heard about grace, the favor of God not earned and not deserved, and so it's just okay to live the way that I want to live. And yet, if we choose to live in that way, we've entirely missed the magnitude of God's grace. 
See, the Bible goes on to teach us and tell us the significance of what Christ has done should transform our inside-out being, should transform the way that we live. In 1 Corinthians 5, it says, and he, Jesus, died for all. Listen to this, that those who live might not live for themselves anymore, but for him who for their sake died and was raised again. Paul writes in Romans 6, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, by no means. He's like, no, that's not grace at all. It's meant to change something inside of you, the way you think, how you speak, how you live your life. How can we who died to sin, Paul says, still live in it? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, listen, in order that just as he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, that we too might walk in the newness of life. I'm so moved by the grace of God. And um, Pastor Christy was mentioning, um, I was brought up going to church, and there's a period of time where I was really um, engaging church myself, but then at a point in my life, I just made the decision that it wasn't worth it. Different circumstances and things were going on, and so I went for a walk one day, and I said, God, I believe you're real, but I don't see any point in following you. And from that point, I thought my life was going like this, in reality, it's going like that pretty hard. And um, there's a whole lot of things that I began to engage in and do that I never thought I would. Um, and in it, by uh, my habit and the people I was around began to engage in things that were not only hurting myself, but hurting other people. And I came to a point where I was back here in Minnesota and I woke up one day and I now know that it was the voice of God. But I woke up one day with this epiphany, I thought at the time, that if I didn't leave the circumstances and the environments I was in, I was likely going to end up in dead or dead or in jail. And so I moved to Australia trying to do the same stuff, just in a new place. And by the grace of God, he began to shut off everything around me so that I only had one direction to go. And my little sister was unconditionally and repeatedly inviting me to church. And I thought I knew what church was like. I thought I knew what it was about. And so I didn't want to go because I thought there's just some people that are going to judge me and they're going to think about how I'm living is just not up to God. And so I don't want to be in that environment anymore. But I came to see that the reality of God's grace is we're all on a journey. And no matter what I had done, when I had driven my car off a cliff, when I had deal drugs, when I had gotten into a fight, when I had began to do things that were definitely not in accordance with God's plan, you know where Jesus Christ was? right here. And you know where I need Jesus Christ to be, even after receiving salvation in Him, when I'm trying to lead my family and disciple our children and plant a church in San Francisco, you know where I need Him to be? Right here. And yet often, sometimes we can begin to go through motions where we forget we need God's grace. And even if we're trying to live a Christian life, not performing, we can actually begin to just maybe water down what it looks like to follow him because it might just actually require us to surrender some things. And so I just want to encourage you today, the best decision you will ever make is to follow Jesus Christ, receive that gift of grace and salvation, and then receive that each and every day. Because I'm telling you, my wife and our children and the growing group of people around about me can begin to tell when Don is not living in the grace of God. We all need it. And so embracing God's grace means that we're aware of our shortcomings and limitations, but we're not ruled by it because we're confident in what Christ has done. 
Embracing God's grace means that we do not strive to earn God's love uh, because we know we've already received it, but we do work harder and we're more disciplined because of that love, because of that grace. Every single time I think about what Jesus Christ has done, I realize that grace is a person and grace is not just written on a book. It was actually written upon flesh as he was whipped. It was written upon his hands and his feet as they were nailed to a cross. It was written upon a man who did not deserve it and yet he did it so that we could receive it. And every time I think about that, I'm reminded, hey, as Christians, we should be the hardest workers in our workplace. We should be the most studious students in our school. We should be the most loving and caring brothers and sisters and parents. Why is that? Because when we have a revelation of God's grace that we've received, we're now conduits of that grace to other people we're called to reach. Can I hear an amen? Paul says, I'm the least of all the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. You know, when you can tell the difference between your striving and your own effort versus walking in God's grace is when it feels like you're forcing things. Feels like you're pushing. It feels like it's all self-effort. See, a beautiful picture of God's grace is thinking of a, a river that has a pretty good stream and it's just like jumping into the river and being taken in the things of God. There's a grace when we're living in the reality of Him each and every day, walking with Him intimately. So what happens when we embrace God's grace? We receive salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. We experience a transformed life by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we become ambassadors for Christ. Therefore, it says in 2 Corinthians 5, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Christ, love that reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting the trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Hear this, verse 20, therefore, everything just stated about God's grace is there for a purpose. And the purpose is that we would be ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us imperfect people, and yet him making that appeal through us. And so we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Isn't it just amazing that God would use people that don't know everything about the Bible to share about the Bible? that have doubts what it looks like to follow Jesus, a little bit freaked out in the flesh of going and sharing their faith or planning a church in San Francisco or moving workplaces or moving to a different city. Isn't it amazing that God's favor and grace for us is that he would use us? If you stop and think about that for a moment, your, your story might not be as extreme as my story, and yet you know your faults. You know your doubts, you know your questions, and yet your heavenly Father is saying, nope, I've chosen you. I've chosen you, I've chosen you, I've chosen you. Just walk in my grace, 
And as you do that, and as you're real and following Jesus, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be a walking billboard of the grace of God. It says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. That word in a modern context uh, stands for a person who's a representative of something. It might be a brand, a person, organization. They're an ambassador for something. And yet in the biblical context, the word ambassador stood for someone who was a citizen of a nation or kingdom. They were united with a nation or a kingdom. They had begun to live out the culture of a nation or a kingdom. And so, Echo Church, you and I are not just called to go and live our life the way we want to. We're called to be faith-filled believers in grace that we're taking on the unity of being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Where we're united with Jesus Christ in our life is taking on the culture of the kingdom. And one key part of that culture is that we would receive God's grace and extend it to others in our life. It's really hard to give to somebody what you do not have. Would you stand? I was saying before, um, I genuinely really do love the Echo merch. I do. I think it's awesome. And um, I know there's going to become more of that because your lead pastor, Christy, is creative and innovative. Um, but this week, as I was walking around with some Echo merch and going to Hy-Vee and going to uh, Arby's and Chick-fil-A, trying to go to Chipotle, um, <laughs> walking around with a shirt on the back that says, Jesus is King, at a moment, walking around thinking, is the merchandise I'm wearing built upon a foundation that I'm living? And often what can happen, if you're as challenged as I've been this week about this message of grace, is we can think we just don't cut it. And so we'll just take off the Echo merch, because I'm just not having a good week, and we put it to the side. Or maybe we just distance ourselves from a table community, or maybe we just stop coming to church because we just think we don't have everything together. Can I tell you, that is the worst decision you could ever make. The best decision, the solution is to not take these things off and walk away from them, but to come back to a place of surrender and allow God to transform us from the inside out. Praying a prayer of God, I am a sinner who needs your grace. Would you transform me today? And I just want to encourage you, Echo Church, would you not try to fake it until you make it, but would you actually have a faith-filled revelation that God's grace is a gift? that you'd be a conduit of that to other people. And in just a moment, we're going to respond in worship. But a couple of weeks before Hannah and I and our boys moved to Australia, I was in an Uber. And I was getting an Uber ride, and it was late in the day. I wanted to sleep. Um, God had other plans um, because the Uber driver started talking to me. I was like, that's rude. His name wasn't Jude, but I was like, that's rude. And yeah, so I talked to him and he started asking me questions. What do you do in life and things like that? And he became absolutely amazed and perplexed that he was talking to a pastor, let alone a Christian. And he went on to tell me that he'd been living in Melbourne, Australia for over two years. And I was the very first Christian that he had met. He started asking me questions like, does anyone even go to church in Melbourne? I was like, yeah, there's a couple hundred thousand people that go to church and um, quite a lot in this city as well. He's like, really? Do they go to church on Sunday? Because I don't even see people go to church on Sunday. And I was like, yeah, some do. 
And I began to share with him a bit of my testimony and story because he was just so astounded that I was even a Christian and was living for God. And so we began to have a conversation about God the entire way home. Began to share with him my testimony. Began to share with him the gospel of Jesus Christ. I began to talk about life's questions. And I got out of the car and I shut the door. And literally the moment I shut the door and he drove off, I began to just weep. And my heart was broken for that man, but also the city that we're being planted in San Francisco because I was sitting there and for the last five and a half years, Hannah and I planted a church in the same city that that man had been living. And we've handed it over for another couple to lead it and continue to take it the next season. But my prayer in that moment, my heart's cry is, God, let that not be the story for us in San Francisco. Will we just go about our rhythm and our day looking after our life and our children, our friends and our table community, friends on church on Sunday, and forget that there's an entire world that needs to hear the grace of God, and you're going to be the billboard for that. And so, Echo Church, my prayer for us today and beyond today is that we would not allow the people in our world to just not be able to see the grace of God because we're not living in it because we haven't had a revelation of it. So I want to pray for us today. Would you extend your hands? whether you're comfortable with that or not. I want to pray for you today. Pray for us today. Dear God, I thank you that you've called Echo Church, each and every person here today, to be a part of your plans and your kingdom being extended, your grace being revealed. God, I pray today for each and every person here today, each and every one of us, that in this moment we would have a greater revelation of what it looks like to live in your grace, to receive that gift of salvation and yet that empowerment each and every day. God, I pray right now to thoughts and to, to, to people's minds that's just saying, no, I'm not good enough. I just declare right now, thoughts be silenced. God, I pray and declare to people that are thinking about what they did last night or last week, thinking, no, I can never be good enough for God's grace. And God, right now, you would just flood them with your spirit and with your grace. God, I thank you that you've called each and every one of us to live in this revelation that we have received something we need to tell other people of. And so, God, I thank you that Rochester, Minnesota, Olmstead County, and beyond is going to be changed by a people living in the echo of your heavenly grace, not the echo of worldliness. And God, in the letter of Jude, in his words, I declare for each and every one of us, now to you, who is able to keep us from stumbling, that you would present us blameless before the presence of your glory with great joy. God, to you, our only God and Savior through Jesus Christ, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and forevermore. God, would you do something so mighty in us that leaves this city, this state and nation transformed because we have a fresh revelation of your grace. God, we love you. Right now, let's continue to focus on God as we respond in worship. Tell me the story, tell me again. 
vida. we thank you for that vision God today we thank you for revealing once again to us your grace and your peace and your presence and we ask that you would continue to do that in and through us for the rest of our life until we get to see you face to face in Jesus name and everybody said Amen. Is anybody glad to be here today? I feel like one of my uh, callings in life is to demystify spiritual terms and to really just bring them down to a base understanding so then us normal people can understand it. Y'all get what I'm saying there? And so as Pastor Donald was speaking, I was thinking and praying and felt like the Lord just wanted me to use this word today for you to understand grace and that's a simple word favor that God's great favor is upon you like like Pastor Donald said like you can't earn it and quite frankly you don't deserve it but God loves you and his favor is upon you and as I was thinking about that I actually thought about this I, I feel like grace is a place and that place is connected with the person and the person is of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone and if so if grace has something to do with place and the place has something to do with Jesus then I just want to be where Jesus is. Can I hear an amen? And so if Jesus tells me to jump off a sinking ship like Tom told us today, I'm all in. I am doing a cannonball. Can I hear an amen? And so I just wanted to just take a moment and just say thanks once again to Pastor Donald and and Hannah, his wife here, and leading us in a few ways today. And yet I just want to pause and just, uh, just recognize that someone came into this space, maybe a few of you, and you feel like you've fallen out of favor with God. And I can just simply tell you this, that is not true. You are favored and you are called by him, by name. And every week we pray this prayer that reminds us that Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. And I feel like that was actually a very significant thing for me to say. Because some of you, you grew up in a church and you just happened to come back today. And you sang that song. And today is a, a refresh for you, a restart, a renewal to step into this grace, to step into the place and a relationship with the personhood of Jesus Christ. And so as we pray this every week, I want to invite you to pray this once again. And for those that are following Christ, may this be a reminder of, of God's faithfulness as he is so graceful to us. Let's pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived and you died and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Echo Church, can we celebrate with those that may have prayed that for the very first time? 
If you prayed that, we would love to connect with you. We'd love to help you take next steps in your faith. If you are new to Echo, we would love to welcome you. Can we celebrate with those that were here for the very first time today?